Hey there, everybody. Let's hope today I don't get pranked in the first segment of the show. But uh, that was super fun. That was super fun yesterday. Thank you. I brought in a farting machine. (laughs) Uh, And Rock was like, I got to go check with Amy. There's some weird noises. I'm so panicked. Weird noises coming through. Happy Thursday, everybody. Happy Thursday. I do not like the Jessica Walter that we've Uh, had two Hollywood deaths. Now there's going to be a third. It usually happens that way. It does. Yeah. I mean, Jessica Walter, remember, we got her mixed up. With Suzanne Plachette. Yes, I'm sure we did. Uh, the very first year that we went to the Screen Actor Guild Awards, mm-hmm. Arrested Development was nominated. Yes, they were. And the very were. first interview was Amy Poehler's husband, Will, Will Arnett. Arnett, for a mm-hmm. show that we briefly watched like once or twice. What was it? Who even knows? Arrested Development. Oh, Arrested Development. Yeah, and we, we were... pretended we were big fans, fans of the show, and he couldn't have been nicer to us. He really was nice. Still married to, what's her name, Jason Amy Bateman Pollard. wasn't there that no. year. So you didn't get to call him Justine to all those years <laughs> later. But she... We it did, wasn't... It was, we did meet her yeah. because one of the... Uh, whoever... What's the lady, um, Shelly Fabre? Shelly Fabre introduced mm-hmm. us to her. She did, Lori. Yes, I know. It's it's she, and we how were like would, in awe because she's been in everything when everything. we were growing up. So what? How old was she? She was eighty. Okay, and, you and know, her just, husband passed away last year. You were telling Ron, me, Ron uh, Ron Liebman, who uh, if you've never seen the amazing movie Norma Ray with Sally Field, who won an Oscar. Ron Liebman plays the guy who helps her start the union. Right. In the cotton factory and everything. That's a great, great, great movie. Have you ever seen Norma Ray? Um, I might have seen parts of it. Oh, oh that's a so good movie. Good. That movie holds up. But yeah, she she was in Play Misty for me, which was shot in Carmel, California, and she played Evelyn. You're the, like the only one who remembers. No, I'm reading it. Oh. And Clint Eastwood's <laughs> DJ. I'm like, and I just saw this in lockdown. Casey and I really? watched it again to, uh, well, we were traveling. We're like, we'll go to Carmel because the uh, We were traveling this way. That's it. It was one way we were traveling. And uh, anyway, she got Emmy nominations for all kinds of shows. And a lot of people just said they wanted to, when they got up there and they got old, they wanted to be like Lucille Bluth because she was in so co- in play mystery for and me. No, in Arrested Development. Oh, all right. Because I'm, she I'm was trying the to rich, keep up. She was the <laughs> rich, so lost. clueless mom. Oh yeah. To Jason Bateman. Okay. Like you know, her, she like one of the her lines. You know, I feel like crying, but I can't spare the moisture. Oh, <laughs> she I had absolutely all these biting love that line. liners as Lucille Bluth. Like my brother, like instantly fell in love with her because if the more sarcastic. You mm-hmm. are the more my brother will adore you. Okay, so Rocco, do you watch? <laughs> did you watch Arrested Development? I did, yes. Yeah. And Lori and I never did. We oh. watched a couple and then we were out. Everyone yeah. loved it. Yeah, I think you'd like it, and it's oh, not. Yeah. It's only a couple seasons, right? I mean, I know they brought it back. They brought, they it, brought it back, back everything, but but, but watch yeah. a couple. They're on Netflix mm-hmm. or Hulu. Yeah. I forget. Yeah, she but. was in the. Um, I'm reading this. John Frankenheimer's 1966 auto racing picture. Grand Prix opposite James Garner. Oh, Laurie, honest to Pete. Honestly. Honest to Pete. And, and you know, Bye Bye Braverman was Sidney Lumet's uh, 
And you guys yeah. probably didn't watch Archer, which is, uh, you know, no, her too, and but she's so funny in that too. And it is hard to be that kind of funny where you're not like, haha, I'm the funny one. You, you know, she has to be kind of bitchy yes. and biting, but the timing has to be perfect and the delivery has to be perfect. Um, she's so good. Like one time I do, there's a, I think my brother sent me the clip of this once where Lucille Bluth is ordering something and the woman says, well, with that, you get this or this. And she just looked at her and said, I don't understand the question, and I won't respond. <laughs> I like I like how that goes. I know. Oh my gosh! I know. And she's the OG about uh, not knowing someone. I don't know who that is, and I don't care to find out when someone was asking her about somebody. I mean, that's kind of a nice way. That feels like you would say I, that, Lori. Yeah, I know. I, honest, I, I you, might be a little Lucille Blue. You, I totally think you are yeah. combined with Mora or Moira. 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 Yeah. yeah. I mean, you do have a little bit of those mm-hmm. in you. Anyway, that makes me sad. I, I, you know, but she was eighty, but still, the last year, ha- having to live your last year life in the damn COVID, not that being would able to be your. People and everything just had to, had to stop. And her husband died a year earlier. Yeah, that would be hard. Yeah, it really I, would. Anyway, do we want to pool our money together and buy liquor Lyles? It's not for sale. <laughs> I saw They're going to probably sell it to big condos, right? That's what all those bars do. I don't nice. want them to do that. I, I'm, we're begging you, Ken and Ron Meshbesher. All that money you've made with all your legal things, you just keep a hold of that and you sell it to a, a good millennial or zanelial or whatever you call the Z. Oh, I have a you new don't sell to somebody. I learned a new word today. I was talking to Robin at Furniture Manor yeah. earlier today, and she talked about her friends, um, some of her friends. She calls them scene agers, like senior agers, seniors who are teenagers. Teenagers. Mm-hmm. You that, work with one, Julia. I know yeah. I do, yeah. but we're not going to call her. She's not a senior, senior. So, so you can't say that. Yeah. So, But I thought, what a great word. You know, all my friends the were New just York, the senior, teenagers. The New York Times had a story about the the most going out crowd. Is the teenagers. Is the 70 plus yes. crowd. They're going out like crazy to dinner and drinking because they're all vaccinated. They're all vaccinated. Yeah. Right. The teenagers. So, did then, you uh, go to Liquor Lyles back in the day? Like, I, did. I did. I did. All too, the time. I did 20s, too. Yeah. That was a very uh, steady ones. Sunday uh, place. Oh my gosh. A good place to watch Vikes. But they would have two happy hours where everything was two for one. Two for one. You're just like, hey, can I get a and you never knew rock? What time and you get was. two. And it then was like Vegas the there. early happy hour, there's like free chicken wings. <laughs> yeah. And free, a big block of like cheese. Yeah. Wow. And just that whole 50s thing. Yeah. And you, like you didn't know what time it was because there were it no windows. It was so dark in there. I know. I love right. that. And they place. had the pool tables and the pin, and pinball in the back. And they, and they want, they say they want a buyer who will keep the iconic dive a drinking establishment. You so think? I feel hopeful about that. It's like the same person who bought Nice and was supposed to do that. And they kind of did. They kind of did yeah. in a little tiny way, but they, yeah. They, anyway, and the eyes is open for like people are going in there and singing and stuff. My buddy's is the it? piano player. Yeah. yeah. Oh really? Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, that might be a good when we're vaccinated. When we're and vaccinated. To and today yes. is my friend Lisa. If you're listening, Hi, she's Lisa. turning fifty today, and it is Aretha Franklin's birthday oh. and Elton John today. Oh. 
So we'll sing this to Lisa. So Lisa, it's your birthday. We're gonna party like it's your birthday. Gonna sip a party like it's your birthday at Liquor Lyles with the new owners when we're all vaccinated. Yeah, I love it. Can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. Two for ones. And Holly posted um, Aretha Franklin performing Rock Steady on Soul Train in 1972. So if you want, we are loving Aretha. Uh, here oh. at my talk this week so much, but it's a really great, great uh, clip. And uh, there, there she is. I, I I love that song, Rock Steady. We'll we'll sprinkle we'll in that little, mm-hmm. All right. a little Aretha music here and there. Well, we've got Matt Belanger joining yes. us today, I and hope he's, he's going to be useful. I hope so. I actually sent me a picture of all the homework assignments we gave him to talk about. Yeah, he's working. Okay, and Aretha would have been seventy nine today. Is that it? Yeah, she. I didn't yeah, realize she, she died that young. She was born in 1942, the same year as both my parents. Oh, wow. Yeah, All yeah. right. All right, listen, we'll be right back. Hang, hang on a sec. Let me get mad at you. It's that time of the week. Time for... It's Matt Belanger. 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 Is that it? It's Matt Belanger. No. Belanger. Want to try again? It's Matt Belanger. Juliet, that's not even how you pronounce Bazinga. It's, it's Matt Belanger. Don't listen to them. It's Matt Belanger. It's Matt Belanger. 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 Honestly. Belanger. Oh, I'm still. Belanger. There you go. We got it. Uh, my hand hurts. You gave me a lot of homework today. Like well, a lot. Well, we wanted, we we need wanted the news. you to bring the news <laughs> to our people. No. And you do work for Channel 5 News. And yeah. we just thought, come on. Hi, Matt. How are you? Hi, ladies. Listen, and you know what? This is a nice little break because uh, I, I can avoid packing, you know? Uh, I never realize, you never realize how much stuff you really have until you have to touch every piece of it and wrap it and put it in a box. And it's just, you know, so this is great. So when do you close on your new home? Uh, The 15th of April. So it's coming up. You've got Big, big, big. Yeah, we've got time. I'll probably wait to the last minute for some stuff. But right. so, uh, to Julia's to-do list for me. Number one, let's talk about vaccines. Uh, and one of the big headlines is national today about that. President Joe Biden came out. He gave his first uh, uh, Q and A with the press, his press conference, and uh, he led with his desire to double his goal. Uh, he originally wanted 100 million vaccine doses administered in his first 100 days in office, and that was met actually around the 60th day. So he's now promising to try and do 200 million doses across America uh, by his first 100 days in office. And so that's um, that's good, you know, and, okay, our, and our vaccination when's efforts Minnesota going to Minnesota. Open? When's Minnesota going to be more open? When? You lo- don't you you ladies love asking me these questions I can't answer. <laughs> okay, but is it do they update? Do they change it every week? Like on Monday, should people be ready? Because like they're they're just it seems like it just changes. You know, like they just say on a Sunday or Monday. Okay, the next phase is. Right. And I don't know that there's a set okay. timetable and, oh, uh, you know, right. about when the governor's going to okay. be, be uh, ready in Minnesota to be able to change uh, the restrictions that we're under. I do know that every single day we keep reporting the updated vaccine numbers. And one of the other things Julie asked me to look into today was a reminder for everyone about how you how you sign up. Right. How you get right. your vaccine. And it is it's confusing because it's got many layers. Not all providers 
are offering, um, who are offering appointments are, are offering to everyone in all of the priority groups that are eligible. So it's, it's, it's confusing. And I know some people might not want to hear this, but one of the best places to go is the state's vaccine connector website. Yes. You go on there, mm-hmm. you fill out your, tell them who you are and what you've got and everything. And then it will alert you when basically it's your turn. Right. And, and help, and help connect you to a place. Give now there website. are exceptions. What's that like, website? Um, and you can you can get there at uh, kstp.com. We have a link. Uh, I can tweet it out, uh, and I'm sure your my talk folks can put it on your website too. Um, if you're in a childcare setting or a school district setting, all those workers, schools and childcare environments are are alerting their employees directly. So those people don't have to go to the state website okay. because the school district will tell them. Um, but the the big takeaway here is uh, don't attempt to go make an appointment unless you have been told by either like a local public health agency, your employer, or that state website that it's your turn because that is the that's the procedure. So I think you know that that's what people should carry with them and and what i would do is i i'm like last on the list you know Mm -hmm. i don't have any underlying conditions i'm I'm 37 so um i'm gonna go do the vaccine connector soon i haven't done it yet for myself and then i'm just gonna wait to hear from that so so right and i I know and it's minnesota it's It's mngov.gov backslash covid19 vaccine connector and it has you fill out a questionnaire but like i was talking to a girlfriend of mine and I'm like, you have underlying conditions. And mm-hmm. she's like, I mm-hmm. thought my doctor would just contact me. And I said, well, this is a mass vaccination thing administered by the federal government, distributed to the states where they make state right. by state thing. Nobody is paying for this. Everybody is vaccinated free of charge. But you need to make sure you're on a list. On a list. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I said, yes, and if eventually. You have a doctor, I don't mean to interrupt, ladies, but if yeah. you have a doctor, like I'm getting emails from Alina because uh-huh. I go to an Alina health right. Right. clinic and they're, they're emailing me saying, hey, we're watching. We know we have your file. We know who you are. Okay. And, you know, and so, we, we, you know, where there's limited supply and we'll contact you when there's one available. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm also expecting to get alerted by Alina eventually if one becomes available through my primary care facility. Right, but, but in like, the meantime, I might use the state website too. Yeah, Julie and I basis. signed up for the state one. We Walmart, Walgreens, mm-hmm. because when it gets ready to go, if we've got different options, we can drive somewhere for you know what I mean. Yeah, because you want to go to Nice. I, I understand. <laughs> yes. We do for crying out loud. <laughs> oh. So two um, world headlines, if you, uh, real quick, uh, from my homework assignment. Number one, uh, this was on Good Morning America, among other outlets, but you know I'm ABC, so I got to talk about Hey, it's Mike, and I'm so excited to tell you about Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. We're all busy, and with Factor, eating fresh, never frozen, chef-crafted meals has never been simpler. Two minutes is all you need to heat and eat wherever you are. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals each week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash LJPod50 and use code LJPod50 to get 50% off. That's code LJPod50 at factormeals.com slash LJPod50 to get 50% off.
I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Yeah. GMA, um, big victory for the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, uh, specifically the Duchess, Meghan Markle. This splash news and picture agency, which basically amounts to one of um, the biggest paparazzi outfits in, in England mm-hmm. uh, is filing for bankruptcy because uh, they have in the in the filing for that indicated that it, they just don't have the money to keep up the legal battles um, fighting with Megan over a photo that uh, the outfit took of her with Archie at a park in Canada back in the no, February of last no, no, no. year. It was it was the the property that they were staying on on Vancouver Island. They like it was a breach of privacy. It was a breach totally. of privacy, right. yeah. and they tried. I even remember whoever Splash sold some of those pictures to, which is basically Mm -hmm. every outlet, that Megan had alerted them to where she was to take mm. the photos. Which is so untrue. Mm -hmm. Well, so, I mean, they're they're acknowledging that. In in essence, they're acknowledging that she has a strong case. Yeah. Because Because if she won, if Megan won, Splash would have to pay for all of her legal costs, and those are mounting. And so, in this filing for bankruptcy, the company just said, "We just we can't we couldn't afford we can't afford this." Well, so daily, they're, just, they're the, shutting down. The Daily Mail owes Meghan and Harry one point six million mm-hmm. for publishing uh, her letter to her dad. That was an invasion right. of privacy. They are they're, they are taking winning. people down, they and well, they are winning. And this statement from the uh, you know on behalf of the couple said the sta- this settlement is a clear signal that unlawful, invasive, and intrusive paparazzi behavior will not be tolerated. So I mean, that's think pretty about it. it Harry's mom died being pursued it. by yeah. paparazzo in cars and on motorcycles. Makes uh, sense that they're doing this. I mean, you yeah. can yeah. see where he was Kudos just to like, them for fighting the good fight. You yeah, know? I you, mean, don't, and, you don't know. I mean, it's just, yeah. All right. Okay, and then I, if we have time, there's yes. one more from my homework assignment from mm-hmm. Julia. This is a good one, though. This is a good <laughs> this one. One's, this is, and this is uh, here at home. It kind of uh, is, is something about big that's happening in our area. I have to credit the Star Tribune for this reporting because uh, that's where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. Uh, the British publication, the Daily Mail, mm-hmm. um, has been denied media access to uh, the Derek Chauvin trial and the death of George Floyd. That's happening, of course, in, in downtown Minneapolis. So, I'm so basically. What's happened here is that the Daily Mail published police body camera video uh, that was made available to the public that people could come in and take a look at it. That was back in July. But there were strict instructions. Don't record it. Don't disseminate it at all. And um, the court obviously found out that they published this and uh, they decided here that that's – well, they just basically are assuming that the Daily Mail paid money to get a copy of that. Right. Yeah. Right. And so now they're saying, well, the, you can't come into the media room. You can't see court exhibits. You are Good. being denied this media access. And I I enjoyed the wording of, from the court on this uh-huh. because it said that obviously if you – I'm paraphrasing. But right. the gist of this was if you can pay to get this police body camera video, then you can pay to get everything else to cover this trial. <laughs> yeah, I know it. Yeah. I know it. It's, I'm, I'm very glad about that because – 
Mm-hmm. The Daily Mail, they do go to great lengths to get some of these stories. Yes, and they, they pay do. money to illegal. hack. and Ill- Illegal, illegal. And, yeah, this is already a very tense situation. And Of course. Yeah, yeah. so I'm glad. So no, and that. so I, you know, I, I found that of great interest. And uh, the judge, Peter Cahill, I mean, mm-hmm. if, you've, if you've watched some of that trial coverage, he's not messing around. Right. And he yeah. had some stern words uh, about some of the reporting by some other agencies, obviously not ours, Five Witness News. But, but uh, you know, reporting about the security procedures and things. And, I mean, he opened up the day with scolding remarks. Um, and, Thank you know, so he is he is he is uh, directing this trial. And, of course, it gets going. Opening statements Monday. So uh, everything yep. will, will will start. It could last four weeks. And, if, you know, we'll have yep. coverage. Thank for you, Matt. Time. Thank you so you much. We put you to work you today. You can watch Matt on <laughs> Ooh, KSTP Channel 5 News at 11 o'clock. And please watch Channel 5 for all your news. They're great. Happy sunny Thursday, and thanks for hanging out with us today. We are absolutely delighted to have a local author who wrote a memoir after um, being the ninth person diagnosed with COVID in the state of Minnesota. We'd like to welcome Laurel Valvano Fishbach. We're going to just call you Laurel from here on out. Laurel, Laurel, hi. Hi. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. Your your book is so good, and it's so interesting. Um, What's the name of it's it? It's called Dancing with COVID, Thank one you. of the first coronavirus survivors in her quest for answers. So share with us your story and kind of what made you write this memoir. It's it's very different. It's very It's important. only been a year. And you were you were on the I mean just your whole story about being in Vail when the epicenter was starting. Yes. Um, so it's really a journey um, that I'm trying to communicate to the reader about contracting the virus and fighting the virus before it was declared a pandemic by the WHO. And so what I do is is I bring you into what I'm experiencing on my annual vacation in Vail, and I weave in excerpts from a variety of media outlets along with quotes from government officials and the CEOs of the major ski resorts in Colorado Mm -hmm. because um, what was happening in the world was not what was being communicated in the media in the early days because they just didn't know. Right. So – what I decided as I, as I recuperated from this virus was, well, let's, let's put it down on paper and let people know what I was experiencing um, and weave in what was happening in the media during those months of February and March mm-hmm. when we just didn't know how much community spread was out there. Well, you it, know, you write about how, and both Julia and I have been to Vail many, many times, and one of our favorite things that we both said that we love about going to Vail is you always meet men from Europe, okay? Europeans love Vail. Like, I mean, that is the place they want to come and ski. And, yes. of course, everything you do in ski it's close company. Yes. You know? Very. <laughs> so what ended up happening was I was exposed to the coronavirus for nine nights in a row oh, oh in my very close quarters of bars and restaurants at the end of your ski day. Right. Hello, Red Lion. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So, and you're in the gondola right. going up the mountain for 10 minutes at a time with all these 
different people from around the world. The mm-hmm. Burton U.S. Open, which is a massive snowboarding comp- competition, mm. takes place during the time that I'm there. Well, where did all of those people come from to compete? Not just the United States, but from all over Europe and Australia. So Robert Redford, our former CDC director, he later said this past summer, we underestimated Mm -hmm. the amount of the coronavirus that was coming into our country from Europe. Mm -hmm. Right, because they didn't have the information about the spread, the community spread and all of that. So it's only in hindsight they could say that. So... I bring the reader along my my vacation and what was happening with me because I was experiencing all these symptoms. But, you know, you're thinking, oh, I'm in the altitude. You know, I don't live live 10,000 feet above sea level in Minnesota. So chalked it up to the altitude. You chalk it up to I'm on vacation. I don't sleep as well. I'm not in my own bed, et cetera, et cetera. I've skied all day. And you, I just had no idea. And then I come home to Minnesota, and what do you do? Well, you go about your everyday life, get back into the swing of things. And here I am, positive with it, have no idea for oh. an entire week. Oh, no. And how oh, many yeah. people did you expose? Exactly. So when it came time oh. to contact trace, when oh. I was tested a week after landing, I went back with the Minnesota Department of Health and had to go through every place I'd been to, every place, um, all the people I was around. And I said to this poor young man on the phone, I'll never forget him, his name was Aaron. And I said, I don't want to tell you where I've been. And he said, why? And I said, because I do something very unusual. And he said, what "What is it? (laughs) And I said, well... I'm a ballroom dancer, and I went mm-hmm. to a, a social dance at Cinema Ballroom oh. with, you know, a hundred people. Oh my on gosh! Sunday night, mm-hmm. <laughs> and everybody's over the age of sixty, or a lot of them are. That's right. Most people in the dance community mm-hmm. are in their retirement years, so yeah. they're all sixty plus. Yeah. So I said <sighs> to this young man, I said, I can't tell you all the people I danced with, and he said. What do you mean? And I said, everybody dances with everybody. Buddy, that's right. Turns, I don't know who all these people are. Oh my gosh! It's, Laurel, oh, yeah. Laurel, this is you know your book is really good. It's really cool. I mean, it's it's interesting. It's it's so different because you literally, like you said, I remember, you know, you're you're writing out and journaling and telling us all about your symptoms and having altitude sickness or sore legs and getting massage you, and maybe this yeah, and that. But, but, I had this. but then you flash in the media of what's going on. Cause I remember Lori and I at the end of January, were watching the news when we were in LA at the screen actor guild mm-hmm. awards and they had just heard about maybe the first case in Wuhan. And um, I'm like, Lori, that's going to come here. I, yeah. I just said, Lori, I think this is coming. And, and then just it's it's kind of like a thriller almost i mean <laughs> but it, it's, it's real life it's real life but it's it's so fascinating right. i really and so what made you decide that you wanted to put this down on paper though so i and i i only talk about this very briefly at the very end of the book in the epilogue i ended up having to have spinal surgery not long after i recuperated from covid because i realized I had a pinched nerve in my neck. And 
I was given instructions after my spinal surgery to be still, not do anything repetitive, and recuperate for a number of weeks as my neck healed. Okay. I don't do very well sitting Sit still. Right. <laughs> right. I like to. So I um I sat in this medical recliner in front of the TV, and I kept thinking to myself, I think I need to write a book. Mm-hmm. Why do I think I need to write a book? I don't know how to write a book. Mm-hmm. I'm not a writer. I'm not an author. By the way, I have a new appreciation for authors. Right. It's not an easy thing to do. But Laurel, and, you know, I'm curious because, um, I mean, were you just like sick for like a month and you didn't really get sick, sick? And I mean, you know, tell us about, because obviously you're fine, but like your experience as far as like the actual being sick with COVID. Yes, yeah, so I had a roller coaster of symptoms mm. that ended up turning into pneumonia. Oh my gosh, the nightmare! And so my pneumonia hung on for six weeks. Wow! And I coughed and coughed and coughed for a very, very long time. And um, unfortunately, the coronavirus ended up causing asthma in my lungs, bringing on adult asthma. Oh and my so God. I've heard that I've a lot. To- yeah, I've had to kind of deal with that, but it's it gets better all the time, and, Good. and all the medication that's out there available to us is helping. But yeah, so I I sat there recuperating from this um, spinal surgery, and in my head, my head just kept saying, "Write the book, write the book." Mm-hmm. So I started dictating it into my phone because I couldn't put my hands in front of me to type because it was too uncomfortable for right. my neck, and so I just dictated this into my phone. And then um, as I finished dictating it, I looked at it and thought, I think I can turn this into a book. But um, I had the help of about four people, Bob Sundog, Tanya Domwalski, Shar Torkelson-Howard, and Carol Mollica. And the four of them looked at what I would write and mm-hmm. helped me edit it. And before I knew it, by the beginning of January, I had a book. Oh, it's, my God. It's really it's really. And and how about how interested was the state Good. in you as far as like being an example of contact tracing, getting your blood, getting your plasma? Because really, the I'm glad that Tom Hanks and Rita came out right away and told mm-hmm. us that they have it because it was early. Because it felt like well, okay, we because we needed a face to it. We did need a face to it, and I remember seeing them on the news the day before I got my results. Oh, and. I was thinking, I wonder if that's going to be me. Yeah. And then as soon as the plasma study program right here in our backyard with the Mayo Clinic came available, I immediately signed up and said, um, I'm here. Okay. I, I've got the time. I'll drive down. Um, I want to be part of this study program. And, and that was that was a journey to get accepted into that. Really? I What? People need to pick up the book. Yeah, if you're really, just joining us, we're yeah. with Laurel, Laurel Valvano Fishbach. The book is Dancing with COVID. She was the ninth person in the state of Minnesota to be listed positive for COVID-19. It's it's your journey. It's your story. Um, juxtapositioned against what's going on in the media and what we're all learning. Um, I mean, did you ever find out how many people like you were, you know, infected? Like, Do they I tell you that? No. No, okay. But you But luckily the people I danced with <laughs> no um, one... they all quarantined. Okay. okay. None of them got sick. Oh so good. 
They and all my, are going to remember you. My family you. didn't get sick. Okay, good. And they're all going to remember you, all your dance partners, and they're going to tease you forever. <laughs> Is it yes, safe to are. dance with you? <laughs> but I will say that I believe, and I don't have any proof mm-hmm. of this, but I think by the time I came home from Vail, you were over I the... may not have been contagious yeah. any longer. I you... may have been past the contagious point. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. like you said, nine days of going out in Veil and everything, the music, your, I mean, all of that. Yeah, I can see yeah. how that would just be, boom, perfect right. conditions. Right. Laurel, we're, we're short on time, and I just want to make sure, because you dedicated this book to all of the healthcare workers, the first responders, the hospital mm-hmm. staffs, and scientists, but you also want to talk about your plea for everybody to get vaccinated. I do. Um, I truly believe that we should trust the vaccine. Mm -hmm. And I think we have really smart, wonderful people in the medical community that have done a good job. And I'm hoping that the vaccine is what's going to slow this virus down. And and I just uh, implore implore people to um, take that leap because... I don't wish these symptoms of COVID-19 on anyone, especially if it ends up as pneumonia. Mm-hmm. Right. And how do people get your book, Laurel? They can find it on Amazon, and it's available in both um, paperback as well as all the digital mediums. And the uh, library here in the Hem- Hennepin County uh, just ordered three oh, copies, so oh, it's awesome. available there, too. That's awesome. The book is Dancing with COVID, one of the first coronavirus suri- survivors in a quest for answers. What a... You know, when this you first send it to us, I'm like, okay, what is this going to be about? I mean, but I really, yeah, really, I'm fascinated with your story, and this is a page turner because we're all living in history, and you put a first person, you know, you having your first person account, and you're a good writer and a storyteller. I think it's important. Thank you so much, and I really appreciate you having me on. And um, you know why we I had wish- you on? It was your line in your letter, Laurel. Yeah, what was I it? respect both you and Lori, and I would be honored to be invited on your show. <laughs> no, that is not why, Laurel. We don't get much respect. No, I'm just teasing. But it, it was it was that. We, it was just like you know we really should talk to somebody. And we called and, you, and I'm just like, wow. and the fact that you were like the first, you know, the you know you were in this first group, yes. and I we were really curious about you know it it, because it's all just like it's like this fresh nightmare that we're coming out of like reading about a pandemic a true story about a pandemic in the middle of the pandemic right but i feel like we're coming up and we're seeing the light as long as everyone vaccinates it'll be a piece of cake and i want to go we want to meet you in Vail. And the last weekend yeah. in February. That sounds like fun. You sound like you have I a would good love that. time there. Jeez. I, I just, what a treat to meet you. And thank you for writing your book. It's Dancing with COVID. Thank you. We have two extra copies for people. If you give us a buzz at 651-641-1071. Again, it's Dancing with COVID. Laurel, Valvano, Fishback. Thanks, Come Laurel. and see us at the fair. Will do. All right. All right. Thank you so much for sharing your story. We're going to take a b- quick break. And when we come back... Oh, it's Lady, it's Lori's girls. We got to talk about them again. All we want to do is sing back, or not just dance back up to Aretha, you know, on that soul train. Rocco, we can do that. Lori, Lori's doing the moves. Mm-hmm. Lori's doing the moves. Oh, Rocco. man. Rocco, I mean, where you, are you? He's, uh, you know, wandering around the building somewhere, picking right, his I don't nose. I see you. I'm just not on camera. Doing production you? for one of the other shows, because <laughs> Rocco has, like everybody around here, has two and a half jobs. Like everybody Yeah. Else. Okay. Yes. You guys, so exciting. I know, Julia, you probably had tennis or 
something, you know, really physical and you can't can't be on top of the late night like I am. But last night I just gotta show everybody my girl. There's Sharon Stone. Sharon she Stone. looks she has dark roots and like blonde kind of like an ombre. Yeah. And a leopard one shoulder. She looks good. Anyway, she was on Stephen Colbert, and um, oh, look at her here! Just Lori, put it up higher. higher. Lori doesn't oh, know where the camera is, so we're shooting these YouTube videos, and so oh, far, ours usually get mumble jumbled either Too the bad. audio or the video or something we're doing. Anyway, Sharon is—you know, she's my goddess. I just love her. I can't wait to read her book. But she was on with Colbert, and that's the only one I've seen. I don't know if she's going to do... The book comes out Saturday or So or this is about Saturday. her book. This is her memoir. That we've been memoir. hearing some different things. Did we glean anything new last well, night? Well, yes, we did. Okay, First, I want to know. told a funny story. He is really um, kind of chintzy about what he posts, Stephen Colbert. He does a lot of posting I don't agree with. Okay. Oh, I, 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 like I would that. like more... He, does, he posts a lot of his stuff instead of the stuff that we want to hear. Like, yes. Yeah, I Like, know. the t- conversation, yeah. like, he... The first thing he asked her, he said, I was intrigued with your story that your grandmother taught you how to be a pickpocket or take things. She said, my grandmother, all of her dishes were from fancy hotels all around the world. Are you kidding? So she slide things into her purse or her said, coat? Are you kidding No, no. And her, okay, and that's a funny story. Very funny. And he's like, what's the first thing you do to be a good pickpocket or take something from what is a it? fancy Show hotel? Us. You well, you lean forward and you get somebody's attention. You lean forward and get Ask someone's a attention. Question, and while they're talking to you and you've got you their s- attention. You slide the dishes into your handbag. That's right, or your coat or whatever. Right. And I you know, I should know this. Casey has gotten in the habit of what? Some of the he fancy places we've menus? gone to in Europe. Taking what? A little Yeah, you know, like, like a cho- like a little creamer. For the hot, the hot showed the hot chocolate, you know, just the I, I, you know, I love little bowls and little, yeah, little little trinkets, yes. little delicate pieces. So Casey, Casey, he, he's constantly. This is, it's this hysterical. is hysterical. I have all kinds of fancy little spoons from, you know, the Ritz Carlton, the Hemingway Bar, and you know the. I don't know, just different places. I'm kind of, you know, embarrassed to admit this. But, but you're since Sharon, it used Sharon to be, learned this from her grandmother. They used to make it easy for us because they had matches and with the names of the organizations. She said, my grandmother, you know, like at, at her house, you know, she had the big sugar things from the, you know, diners and the the things that the napkins, she didn't, everything. She, like she the said, napkin, the metal she took napkin everything holder. that wasn't nailed down <laughs> and she taught her how to do it. So they didn't, funny. didn't post that but here's uh he because it's Stephen Colbert he's got to ask one serious yes. question so okay. here he asks uh I don't know if the question is it just the answer we get from uh, Sharon yeah she's talking about directors that uh he, shaped her yes oh. the best advi- advice oh, you've right, ever gotten great. from any directors I would have to say both Paul Verhoeven and probably Marty Scorsese have given me the best advice um because Paul Verhoeven told me that my talent was like an angel that would fly through me and that I needed to get out of its way. And I think that that was very good advice. And Marty Scorsese very much would also, they were willing to tell me about their own lives and they were willing to create a space with me where they would lean in and sometimes put their forehead on my forehead, both of them, and just 
hold the space around me so that I would have a space to be. Is this the best woo-woo answer ever? Yeah, it, really, that an angel would fly through. Just <laughs> so let, it, so let it be. Paul Verhoeven he, is the guy that directed in Basic Instinct. Just for people yes, who didn't yes, know, because yes. I didn't know, I just looked it up. Right, and, and like, she slapped him in the face when yeah, she, she saw. She writes that in her book, the first time she saw the first edit, and he had told her, take off your underwear, the glare is blinding me. But you wait know? a minute, so seriously, he and told her that there, it was her talent was like, let it go, it's like an angel is flying right, through Right, but by at the end, after the first, when she saw the thing, she slapped <laughs> him across the face. We've never heard anyone say that to us. No, I know. Try not to suck was our advice. Right, right. I mean, <laughs> this is such better advice than I think that we've gotten. She's got good stories, is what I'm saying. I, I think know it's going to be really okay, great. So, night. are you going to? Oprah's doing a sit for, down with her. I forgot to ask the publisher if we could interview her. What is wrong with me? I, I don't know, but go ahead and you know do your magic, girl. But uh, I'm going to tune in. She's going to be on Oprah, and when I just, is that? Um, and where would we watch it? On own. Oh, yeah, on own. So you're so wrong. It, she, would it, it is. It's Soul oh, Sunday really? or whatever. Oh, or, she's going to be a Soul Sunday. Okay. Yeah, and an interview for this book. So it's probably a week from Sunday. Okay. And then Jane Fonda is on the cover of Bizarre, Bizarre Magazine. Right. And let me just show. She we posted it. Looks like a million bucks, except for she is wearing a gray pixie wig that someone. E- yeah, Lori, I love your show and tell. Okay. You like it? I don't. It's just Marco, like what do you think about it's her show like and tell? It's just like me with a t- trying to take a selfie. I have more stupid pictures of Casey and I because even after all these years, we still don't know where to look except in each other's <laughs> eyes. Oh, lovingly, I, I love know. It. But anyway, she, she looks, looks like a million bucks, and I'm telling you. But here's the quote. What's the quote? The quote is, she's not really interested in a sexual relationship anymore unless it's with a younger man. So. Uh, <gasps> Uh, yes, sister. I think a lot of people feel that way. Uh, yeah, and she basically 